Support for Waveform comes from Visible. With Visible, you get a one-time plan with unlimited 5G data on Verizon's network for $25 a month, taxes and fees included. Sounds pretty good. So why isn't Visible for everyone? Well, Visible doesn't do stores. So you can manage your plan, chat to customer service, update your eSIM, all in their app, and they don't bundle their plans with extra stuff that costs you extra money. So if you don't want a wireless plan that focuses on the wireless part, by all means, do not switch today at Visible.com. All right, welcome back to Waveform, episode two of 2020. We are back. It's two days later. We are in the midst of CES as we record this, but we'll also have a little bit of a, a wrap up. But we're kind of in the thick of seeing the future right now. And I'm joined by my co-host, Andrew. Yep. And with our guest today, which is Mr. Austin Evans. Hey, guys, this is Austin. Oh, that was crisp. Needed it. I'm so glad we have a clean <laughs> recording of you saying that. Welcome to Waveform. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So you just got to CES. Yeah. You made the smart decision. I've been here for days and I'm about done with technology. <laughs> I think I'm going back to the Stone Age now. I love that this is where we're starting. This is CES. Okay. So this, just for context, this is, I had to look it up. This is my eighth CES. This is your ninth, ninth CES. Ninth. Okay. And this Andrew, which third, third CES. Yeah. So I'd say after about three, you start to lose hope. <laughs> <laughs> for how much you think you can get done or what you think you can make out of CES, and it, it starts to go downhill. I'm just speaking as a YouTuber who's like, I want to make a good, high-quality set of six videos of cool things I find. And then by year three or four, it's like, I'm going to bring my phone, and I'm just going to point <laughs> it at something, and hopefully something good happens. Driving into the studio on Monday before our flight, I honestly thought we were going to get there, and you were going to say, eh, well, let's just not get on the plane. <laughs> yeah, I've done that. To various events in the past. Uh, I did not do that to CES. But you know what? We're here. We've seen some stuff. Austin, what's the best thing you've seen at CES 2020? Oh, man. I mean, so they're actually, it's been pretty good this year. Like, all joking aside, there's been a lot more stuff because I think the trend over the last few years has been CES has been kind of becoming less and less of an important show. Yeah. So many of the big OEMs have moved to their own separate events. And so a lot of times, especially the last two years, I've kind of felt like it was just sort of the extra small, like, oh, here's a little interesting yeah. bit here or there. But this year, this year there's actually been some really cool stuff. So the Razor Tomahawk, I think, is probably okay. top of mind. Yeah. It's a very cool little concept. Have you seen it? I watched your video on it because I was I was seeing a bunch of them in my sub box and I was like, I want to understand why this is cool. And I'm I'm sure Andrew. I missed this completely actually. Okay, so there's a, there's a, a very, very, very small shoebox size. Is that accurate? Ten liters. Yes. Ten liter Have piece. you seen okay. any of the external GPU like enclosures mm -hmm. that yes, they make? About the same size. Almost the same size, but has a full computer with a full size graphics card inside. Okay. So I hear that and I'm impressed by the tech that makes that happen, but I'm also like, hmm. How much does that matter that I can fit a whole PC into this tiny package? I mean, it's cool. So the idea behind it is it supports not only a full-size graphics card and you have a small form factor power supply of up to 750 watts, but it takes advantage of the Intel NUC compute element. Right. which is essentially a full PC motherboard on like, it looks like a graphics card. Hmm. So it has a PCI slot on the bottom, but it has like a mobile Core i7, Core i5, or I think they go all the way up to Core i9. You put your memory in it, you put your SSD, it all kind of fits inside what literally looks like a graphics card. And then you slot it into the enclosure, slide it in, and that's your Razer Tomahawk, which you I'm called sure it. Is. You called it a daughter board? 
Yes. Okay. So there's a couple of components. So it's uh, especially on a podcast, it's hard to understand. But okay. essentially, you've got a graphics card. You've got the NUC, which looks very much like a graphics card, just kind mm -hmm. of a weirdly shaped one. Mm -hmm. They both slide into what looks like the world's simplest motherboard. It's just a little daughter board that connects the two. Okay. And then the entire thing uh, gets plugged into a power supply and slides into a chassis, just sort of like with the same kind of handle, sort of like a Mac Pro yeah. or with their uh, eGPUs. It's really cool, but it's also very expensive. Mm -hmm. Oh. So, I, <laughs> I mean, the NUC isn't expensive by itself, it but is, the though. whole thing. Oh, it is. No, it is. So I did my video before knowing they wouldn't tell me price. Like, oh, you know, it's a Same. thing that's coming. So the uh, the downside is, I believe Intel announced that it is starting uh, a little bit above a thousand dollars for the NUC, and that's for an i5. I think it's like twelve hundred dollars mm -hmm. for the NUC with the i7. Then you have to buy the RAM, mm -hmm. the SSD. And then your graphics card, and then you still need to get okay. the actual <laughs> Razer Tomahawk case. So which you I'm sure really, you have to really want your PC to be tiny, and yes. you want to pay for it. All right, let me just zoom out for a second. CES in general, right? I think it officially stands for Consumer Electronics Show. Yes. Is that right? Um, what, the types of things that we see at CES, since we mentioned at the, at the top, like everything you start to see or you start to notice is that manufacturers will realize that they can just get more press if they hold their own event for new products. So whether it's Mobile World Congress or CES, these events get less and less major announcements and more just like, hey, we made this concept, we made this cool little side project, you should check it out, pay attention to us for this week, we make cool tech stuff, and then they move on and make their real products later. Um, that's, I think, the persistent theme for me for like the last five plus years of CES, um, and that's that falls in line with even the coolest stuff I've seen at CES this year. So I like the Tomahawk. I'm going to go to Andrew. Do you have a favorite yet? We're halfway through it right now. A favorite? Yeah. Because we've seen now. We haven't we, seen too much We yet, saw yeah. a little bit of the the smartphone-like display stuff. We saw it, there's always a ton of TVs. And now there's a whole bunch of these cars and these automakers that are like projecting their future of mobility onto the show floor, whether that's like a box with wheels and like no steering wheel or like an actual legit concept car. I have a picture of Sony's electric car pulled up <laughs> on my iMac right now, and we can talk about that for a second because that came out of nowhere. We went to the press conference, and yes. there were some rumors that there were going to be PS5 there. So we're like, oh, excellent. So they get up, and like five minutes in, they like start talking PlayStation, and we're all getting ready. We pull the cameras out. We're like, oh, they're about to drop PlayStation 5. Mm -hmm. And then they drop the logo and move on to their car. <laughs> that is so CES. That is yeah. so perfect. Because you, you know they're obviously going to have their own event for the PS5. Why the hell would they put it in CES, right? So they show up to CES, everyone's like, why should we go to the Sony presentation? Here's what we'll do. We'll tease what they really wanna see and then pivot <laughs> right into just some like press show, which is what they did. But what they did is actually made a, a I don't know if I can call it a concept car or a one-off prototype, but they made a car. And the way Sony described it to me is, it's just a, it's a show of all the different hands we've had in car parts and making cars that you don't know about so we just made a car to show you so we have mirrors in we have uh cameras in the side view mirrors because we make the sony alpha cameras and these cmos sensors are great and we tie that into the displays in the front and sony makes screens so now we have screens in the car and they, you start to go through all this, this whole list of things and it makes a lot of sense but it's, it's also, also now a car sitting in their booth it's also an incredibly good looking car i yeah. i think so too i wanted to ask about that so i think it's a <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna make a, a hot a bold take right here. It's the second best looking electric car here. Okay, I was about to say, oh, here. Where? what is number one? Number one is a Tesla Model 3. 
and that's even bold. Wait, when How you say here, what? and now yeah, I'm talking wait, about like here, reasonable, here like, like that exists, like oh. in January oh. 2020 that exists. And I'm not talking about like the hypercars of like the Rimac Concept One or anything, but like as far as things that you would think about buying, you have the the Ford Mach E, you have the Tesla Model S, Model Three, Model X, Model Y, you have all these other electric. You have the the iPace, you have the BMW i3, you have all these other electric cars, and then you have like the weird ones. This one looked better than all of those, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. So as far as like sculpting whatever this body they made out of clay, and it's like the satin silver thing. We'll have a link in the show notes if you want to look at it, but I agree. I think it's the best looking electric car here. It's just the most Sony thing ever to be like, oh, by the way, we just designed a car. You can't buy it. We are just showing this <laughs> off. Like Sony makes everything. It's fine. Yeah. I was talking about them because I was like, okay, so you can't buy this. So like, should I even ask you about the specs? And he was like, well, we'll tell you like it's quad motor and there's a 200 kilowatt hour battery and it's <laughs> zero to 60 and 4.6. And I was like, well, that sounds like you tested it and drove it. And they were like, well, we're going to be doing more of that later this year, but that's where we'll stop talking about it. And I was like, wow. Okay. I wish you should make concept videos. I'm like, this video is going to be great. We're never going to make <laughs> the good video, but like, it's really good. Don't worry about it. It's fascinating. Here's another one. And I think you saw this also was the OnePlus uh, Concept One is yes. what it's called. What are your thoughts on this? It's a very cool concept. So OnePlus, especially over the last, I mean, last year was a huge year. I mean, they're obviously the MKBHD Smartphone of the Year winner, which Two I think is- Two years running. I think it's a really big idea. It's a big deal. <laughs> sure. Uh, they're obviously coming off of a really strong 2019. Yeah. And I think that going at that with a concept phone makes perfect sense, right? Because obviously they, all of these companies, OnePlus included, have a ton of really cool tech that they don't really show off. And obviously it's something that will come out at some point, but they've done a lot of work. So I guess we should kind of explain. So essentially what happens is, is that it's a feature actually taken from, it's the McLaren 720S. The 720S is the first one that they had with this. And then the McLaren GT has this as well. Electrochromic tech in the roof. Yes. So essentially what they're doing is, obviously, as smartphones get more and more cameras, especially you look at like the 7T, which I have sitting at the desk right now. Wild the, back of that phone. <laughs> look, it's, I like the phone. I don't like looking at that camera bump. It's Same. just yeah. really ugly. Yeah. But the idea with this electrochromatic glass is that with the press of a button, essentially the entire thing can sort of tent and you won't really be able to see the cameras, which kind of makes it a much cleaner look on the back of the phone. I really like the idea. And it took me a second to realize why, but in this world of like, all right, there's four cameras on the back, maybe next year we have five, the next year we have six. If we're never going to get to the point where we have enough space to put a physically zooming single lens, we're just going to keep adding cameras to the back of Mm -hmm. phones. So I don't know, why not just hide that area and put as many as you want? It doesn't have to look weird. So that that's the like future vision of like why this could be applicable um, but yeah, they, it did seem to work pretty well. They had the OnePlus 7T Pro basically like rocking that leather back and yeah. hiding the triple cameras. But you can imagine a world where there's like six back there and you don't see them. And the other uh, added benefit of some real functionality beyond just the looks is that it will function as an ND filter. Right. I thought that was cool. Yeah. And they only, uh, they only really showed like one instance of it where you open the camera, open pro mode, and you can turn it on or off. Um, but that's like a video person's like dream like wait i could have nd built into i don't even have that built into my cameras and the red cameras so that was cool to see if only they could spend some more r&d making those cameras behind the glass really good better better. (laughs) i mean that would be nice all right i want to ask about a gaming thing for you guys and you've seen this correct me if i'm wrong austin but a asus made a 360 (laughs) hertz display it was like nvidia and asus 
work together or something? Or? Yes. Okay. So we've okay. actually seen a couple of crazy high refresh rate displays. So actually the first one we saw was at Razer. They have the new Razer Blade 15 and 17 at some point, I think in the first half of the year, have okay. 300 hertz displays. Wow. And a laptop. Wait, and what? a laptop. Wow. Yes. Did they just skip 240? No, no, no. They actually have. They made a 240. Oh, I missed yeah. that completely. My yes. Bad. So they have 240 right now. They're upgrading that to 300. But then Asus is like, nah, nah, that's not good enough. So they have a 360 frame per second display. Okay, nice. so here's here's my question. Because I'm an advocate of higher refresh rates, as you probably know, but that's in the smartphone world where yes. everyone's at 60, right? So you can really tell the difference between 60 and 90, and I can tell the difference between 90 and 120, but like once you get to 120, great. Can you tell the difference between, let's say... 240 which is like the bleeding it you know the high-end stuff now and 300 or 360 or even anything over that so i'm going to start by shamelessly shouting out a video we did like five years ago i don't okay. know if you remember we did a video i had a 144 hertz display in the office and so i had you play like minecraft locked at a bunch of different frame rates i Actually, did this Yes. What? You did this on my <laughs> channel like four years ago. Whoa. Okay. What yes. happened? <laughs> I actually don't remember. I just remember I couldn't see much past 90. So okay. the idea with the 360, the motion actually, so first I'll just start off. This is not a mainstream monitor by any stretch. It's a 24 inch 1080p monitor. It is exclusively meant for esports right, and yeah. people who wish that they were good at video games. Sure. So the idea behind the 360 frames per second is less so for the pure motion and it's more so for the clarity and the motion. I don't think anyone can really see a huge difference between 240 and 360. Okay. They had a really cool demo of text or as a video game screenshot that was scrolling really quickly. And even though to like my eye, I couldn't really see any difference as far as the smoothness, but you could really see a clear difference in how sharp the text was and everything mm -hmm. on screen was. Okay. So we were trying to figure out how to shoot it. Cause mm -hmm. even with a slow motion camera, you mm -hmm. really can't see, but by snapping a still, it's very, very clear that like oh. the 240, even I mean, which is a very, very fast monitor. Yeah. Everything was super blurry. And with the 360, it was razor sharp. Wow. I am not a good enough gamer to really tell you how big of a difference it will really make, but I've got to say, like, you could definitely see a difference, even from something like a 240 hertz display. Okay. I, I think you would need to be not just really, really good at games, but so deep into that specific game. Like, you look at Counter-Strike professionals, like, I'm sure that will make a difference for them because yeah. they've been playing this game nonstop for 10 years. They know exactly what it looks like, and then any little competitive edge they can get from something like that might be beneficial, but like you said... At 1080 and 24, that's like what a gamer's playing. Uh, exactly, esports gamer is playing on. Yeah, and that's okay. That's got to be who it's for. I could be swayed because before you guys talked about this, I was I was ready to make the comparison between like an amateur photographer buying a 1DX Mark III to get like 21 FPS instead of 16. Like, how much better is that mm -hmm. really? Um, but you're right. When I I'll, I'll relate it to when I shoot video and I'm doing like scrolling moves and I shoot my videos at 30 FPS, the correct frame rate. Incorrect. And <laughs> and you'll see like if you scroll too fast at one over sixty shutter speed, a little bit of tearing, a little yeah. bit of weird artifacts. So yeah, you do notice the difference when you're moving quickly in games. I guess that's the best case to notice a difference. Yeah. So all right, all they're right. not done. So sort of a little a little birdie told me that yeah. they're actually still targeting at some point, mind you, not anytime soon. 1,000 hertz. That's I was going to say that goal. as a joke. I was going to say like 500 seems like a really a cool number, is, but to just double that. 1,000 is... is the goal. I can't imagine what kind of PC you would need to smoothly run a game at 1,000. But to be fair, even though it supports 360, it has G-Sync involved. So mm -hmm. even if you're like, you drop to 290 or whatever, you really won't notice much of a difference. It's still a lot of that is just how cleanly it's able to display those frames. Right. I. It's cool. 
it's cool. It's just not something that uh, mere mortals can actually really fully appreciate. Yeah, that's fair. Fox Creative. This is advertiser content brought to you by Visible. Okay, so Visible Wireless is one of my partners, and they're pretty great. Let me tell you why. They asked me to make a video explaining why Visible Wireless might not be for you. Pretty refreshing, right? So Visible's base plan with 5G, mobile hotspot, and unlimited data on Verizon's network for 25 bucks a month works great for lots of people, so what's not to love? Well, they are all digital, so you do everything from managing your plan to updating your eSIM or getting customer service right in their app. If you love to handle everything without ever needing to talk to a human in a store, then this works great. But if you need to shop for a new phone in person, then Visible probably isn't for you. Someone like Verizon would be a better choice. If you want your wireless bundled with a bunch of extra stuff, don't switch to Visible. But heads up, you're gonna have to pay for that stuff. But Visible is focused on the wireless part of wireless. So if you want more than 5G, mobile hotspot, and unlimited data from your wireless plan, and you're willing to stand online or sit on hold and pay top dollar for it, then by all means, don't switch to Visible. Don't even go to visible.com to learn more. You get it. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. Additional terms apply. Visit visible.com for additional information. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, well, that's a lot of highlight stuff. I want to I wanna spin wait, it wait, the other way. Can I go one more? Since Whoa. we're talking about gaming monitors okay, before go for we it. shoot. Did yeah. you look at the, the Odyssey, Samsung Odyssey oh. Curved? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you haven't? No. Okay. Oh, man. Uh, so first of all, it's hard to describe. It's gigantic. <laughs> it's super curved, right? Yeah, yeah. It, like looking at it from the back looks like it would physically wrap around your head. But when you go see it, this is this is my huge pet peeve. The whole thing is that it's 240 hertz, like gaming monitor, blah, blah. They're playing Overwatch on it capped at 60 frames. And Overwatch <laughs> doesn't support a really wide field of view, right? I, I mean, it looks stretched. It looks very mm-hmm. stretched. But like, how do you go and... I didn't get a chance to ask the guy. I, I honestly don't think you would have understood what I was saying, but how do you put a gaming monitor on a CES floor for a bunch of tech people and cap it at 60? That's insane. And, and like a game that's so well optimized, I can't imagine a computer that... Yeah, that, push that demo would have looked way better at 240 hertz, right? Unless <laughs> maybe it's an early sample and they can't hit 240 smoothly. That's Ooh, very, very that possible. Seems very, I don't know how I didn't think of that, but yeah, that seems very reasonable. <laughs> That's a big thing at CES is CES is basically a bunch of demos. You're <laughs> yes. walking around between a bunch of demos and there's no way 100% of these demos are working flawlessly like they planned. You know, the way we set up a robot shot and we're like, the camera will do this and then it'll spin and it'll turn over and then we start to put it together and we're like, the camera will just turn. <laughs> Uh, this is the way a lot of these demos go. So you're probably right. There's probably some oops. We couldn't make it work perfectly happening. Hopefully no one notices. I think 50% of the videos I've shot this week were like of demos that failed and like, oh, sorry, hang on a second. They tried again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) it's fine. I get it. These are all because you you were right earlier when you're talking about concepts, because I think that's definitely a major trend in the industry is that before it's like, oh, look at this new product. It's coming out in a couple months. Now it's like, it's a concept. If you like it, we'll make it. Like there's so much more of that sort of theoretical stuff 
which I like. I like getting like a better sort of glimpse at, especially a lot of the foldables. Have you seen any of the foldable laptops? And Starting to see that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Did you see the the royal tree? I was gonna bring the that tree? up. I love that. They made a tree. <laughs> it's just I a- I love how bad the royal flex pie is. Like it's so easy to trash on the song because it's really it's just horrible. And they came out at CES with the royal flex pie last year, and it was like, oh, you should probably shouldn't make this, but like cool proof of concept. Made a great thumbnail. Yeah, made a good thumbnail, right? And they, uh, yeah, I have a couple, I have photos of it too and like some clips for a video. But so they, a tree. they made a, when I say a tree, I mean like a 15 to 18 foot tree just covered in these, instead of leaves, it's just flex pies. I'm not even Like joking. just the screen of it. Yeah. Just this Being blown by computer fans also. Is it because yeah. they didn't sell any flex pies? That was the, that's the caption to my upcoming tweet is, <laughs> look at all these royal flex pies we didn't sell. <laughs> Uh, we made a cool tree out of them. Also, I just want to say I bought the the Escobar Fold one. Uh, I never got that phone. Just saying. wait, did you see that? I did not. Yeah, there's a uh, phone. Tell me if you think this is sketchy at all. I okay. bought a phone. Okay. By a relative of it was his Pablo brother Escobar. or cousin or something like yeah, that. Yeah, which great is, brand. Great is brand. just a Royal Flex Pie, but different color. Yeah, it's okay. gold. And okay. it was gold. <laughs> it was four hundred bucks, and I lost that money. Four hundred dollars. Yeah, I'm never seeing that. Again. Isn't that cheaper than the actual? Flex yeah, that's pie? yep. Yeah, yeah. I have that email This is receipt. the soldier phone all over again. Oh, we'll just much. we'll just assume that's gone forever. Um, no, I, I actually think I have a question. Do you think that that's something that some companies here are doing, where they're they're coming here with sort of concepts or ideas and legitimately testing the water and seeing the reactions yeah. to them, and then moving based on what happens at CES? Yes. So I actually had a conversation with a fairly big company today, and the guy pretty much straight up admitted that, like, look. We build these kind of prototypes day in and day out. Like, I mean, literally the the hub executives come through every few months. Like, look, there's 10 more things that we built. Yeah, do you time. like this? Do you like that? Yeah. But they were making a conscious effort to bring more of these out to the public. I think in par- large part because it's one thing to kind of pitch your boss on, hey, no, people are really going to like this, this foldable like laptop or whatever. But it's another thing when you get, you know, real hype behind it mm. or on the flip side, you, you see, you know, you bring it out and everyone's like, oh, this is terrible. Yeah. It kind of helps them make more informed decisions. I actually legitimately do think that these concepts are not just here purely for marketing. It are, there actually is some research and kind of seeing what people really kind of take onto with these things. Yeah, I think that makes our job of critiquing them that much more important. I think it's so easy to come in here and point a camera at something and be like, look how crazy this, this thing is, it folds in half, like this is great. But, you know, take a second, like actually think, oh, well, well, maybe this is kind of, an awkward form factor. Mm. Maybe they should change it in this way or that way and give like realistic feedback because if you just pat them on the back, they're going to make a bunch more Royal Flex pipes. <laughs> we don't want that. So real feedback is important. I'll, I'll say that for sure. So the Ford has the Mach-E Mustang here at CES. It's um, on a wall. They have one on a wall. And I don't think that's a full weight car, but it is I on hope. a wall. And they have one in the booth. Do you let, I feel like I, it looks better in person than I've seen in any video. Is that wrong? I agree. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it is still a little bit weird to me to call it a Mustang, but it that's looks what everyone good. was yeah. saying. Yeah. So I, it was kind of funny. They were they were sort of explaining it around to people, and I'm overhearing it as we're getting shots of it. But it was funny that so many people didn't realize it was electric. That the number one comment I heard was, "Wait, they made an SUV Mustang?" Like that oh, was the yeah. first question. Is wow, an SUV Mustang? That's weird. And then it was, "Oh, it's an electric car." Oh. And then there's this whole other question that comes like, "Well, how fast does it go? What's the range?" But yeah, I you know I was walking around it, and I do actually. I'm trying to work with Ford and see if we can make a an autofocus episode on the model. Oh, that the, would be good. The Maki happened because that's a really curious one for me. But um, I did see that, and that looked pretty cool. Um, 
not as good looking as Sony's electric car, <laughs> but I did like to see that in person. That Dude, was pretty I, solid. I saw a crazy stat, and I don't know if it's true, but um, I actually think it was related to the Mach-E launch. Where it was something like 45% of Americans still don't understand that an EV doesn't take gas. And the oh, fact that you put that Mustang sort of badging on it, they're going to have an up hill battle that's i think that's why that you have to put the mustang name on it because you think so yeah because what what do people know about like ford really like they know about the f-150 they know it's a pickup truck they know about the mustang then they know it's a great sports car that people love so if you're gonna try to accelerate like your move into this electric car world you got to put something people already know about alongside it at least yeah uh so if you put that mustang name on it i know it's an suv and that's another dimension to consider but like now people are like oh a new mustang let's see what's different about mm -hmm. this mach e mustang and then they you know that they open that door into the electric car world um i think it would be smart of others i think audi kind of did the same thing with the what do they call it the quattro but like the the e-tron e-tron e yeah. e quattro they had some branding on it that was similar to some other suvs or some other s sedans they've done and I think that's smart for them to do. That sort of brings new customers and existing customers to the same place. Things are moving very quickly. It's interesting at how CES over the last few years has got a very, very large sort of focus on automotive. Like yeah. it used to not really be like, I remember those early days when we used to go to CES, the automotive section was like stereos. Now it's like mm, electric yeah. cars everywhere. I, it was fascinating. I did a best cars of CES video. I don't know how many years ago this was. This must've been like five years ago, something like that. And it was just like sports car, sports car, sports car, F1 car, giant pickup truck, yacht, Lamborghini, yacht. sports car. Like it wasn't really like something you would ever try to, you know what I mean? Like it's not cars people are buying. Right. Uh, and now you look around CES and like there's still a lot of that. There's still like, look at this crazy stereo. Look at these wild new tires that never run flat. But like then there's, you know, Ford trying to introduce their electric car to the world. And, and that's like a real thing that's happening. Speaking of automotive, did you guys see that Toyota is building a city? No. <laughs> I can see. I had, wait, okay, break this down. Because what? This okay. sounds like an Elon kind I of thing. I am being 100% serious. Okay. They have a, I believe it's an old factory. It's in Japan. It's like right beside Mount Fuji. And so they basically, it's like a 175 acre sort of zone. They're basically tearing the whole thing down and building like straight up like a future utopia. So it is fully all the like the streets and stuff they're rebuilding. So there's essentially like three different sort of setups. So it's fully autonomous. There's no like normal cars allowed on the street. Oh my god! They have yes. their e-pilots that will be driving around all over the place. The entire like underground of the city will be full of like hydrogen. They're building all the uh, buildings out of like wood. It's completely insane. So is this like the world's largest concept car? Is this like this is what we need the future to look like? If if only everyone else would play along, they'd see how great this could be. Is yeah. that what this is? Yeah, pretty much. They're going to. I believe the number is two thousand people they're going to have living in this city. Whoa! How do they? Is there details on this? Like, how can there I is. get? Can I? Can I? Can I live in this city? Uh, they actually no. They were saying that like uh, so. Some of it obviously will be Toyota employees, and they're going to have some of the offices that will be. You know, obviously they're working on you know whatever electric stuff or whatever it is that they're working on. But they're going to have people like they were straight up saying like yeah, we want people who are like retired, people who are like scientists, engineers, essentially people who want to live the good life. Okay, if they throw in gigabit internet, I will. I feel like it's pretty safely. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's a guarantee, right? Five G is probably just like hovering around there. I would I would live in a city like this just to to make the point that this is the way of the future. It's not a concept. They're breaking ground next year. That's like this is a real thing that they are actually doing. Now they have to spend a ton of money to do this. Yes, I'm assuming yeah. probably a cities, lot of money. Cities, not exactly cheap. <laughs> yeah.
but then you end up with so now there's like okay is there a mayor is there an infrastructure is there like a census okay. is there actually taxes? don't know if it's a real city okay i was gonna oh, say yeah. because it's a 175 acre campus which is large but it's not yeah, like not city big necessarily it'll be a sub it'll be a campus is what it'll be yes yes okay it's cool though i still love that idea yeah wow so that's you're talking, you're talking like automotive. Uh, we, we've come a long way at CES as far as announcements. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Well, you know what? I think that's a great place to leave it. We, we talked through the good, the bad, we don't have to hit on so hard. I mean, we, I've talked about the flex by enough for the last you know, 24 <laughs> it's the only bad thing at CES, hours. For yeah. Sure. It's really, it's quite the highlight, but, um, Austin, thanks for joining me Absolutely. to talk about CES and, uh, we'll come back after the break and, and chat it up a little more. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. All right, we're back. So in the time it took you to listen to that ad, believe it or not, we flew all the way back from Las <laughs> Vegas after our last day of CES all the way back to the studio. How you feeling? Good so far, but I don't even want to say that out loud. Cause don't I'm jinx gonna, it too yeah, hard. I'm jinxing it really hard. I feel like the next three days are just like every sniffle is going to be like, oh no, the Steady. flu is coming. CES yeah. flu. Don't want to <laughs> get it. Uh, no, I, I feel pretty okay right now. I also am kind of proud of my, I think it's, th I'm going to check exactly how many steps I took. Today or yesterday? Yesterday. Yesterday was, so for those of you who don't know, we recorded the bit with Austin on Tuesday night. It is now Thursday night back at the studio. So yesterday was, our, we just spent the entire day on the floor. In that entire day, I took 14,797 steps. That's actually really? not my highest ever number from CES, oh. but that's pretty good. I was going to I assumed to be lower because you went out, but I actually hit 15,800 because nice. I made a, a secondary Taco Bell trip while you were gone. Nice. So okay. So... Now that we're back, it seems like appropriate to just wrap it all up. And mm -hmm. I, I, I said this when we were with Austin, but this is actually one of my, not favorite ever, but one of the better CESs okay. for me that I've had. I'm curious if you have any highlights or things that stood out to you for your third CES. Maybe give me like a top two best of CES. Sure. What, what just strikes I, you? I think I'm going to, maybe instead of two, I'm just going to wrap up as my like my one thing that I thought CES really had that impressed me was just, I really think that we've made this big stride into like smart homes and smart home products and stuff like that. And I, I know we have all the little things like lights and, uh, you know, smart outlets and stuff like that. And that's smart, all really easy. Speakers, smart speakers. Yeah. Yep. Well, smart, spe smart speakers are what is letting us dive head first into this so You're much quicker. Yes. Yeah. Like it's, it used to suck if you had lights to just have to turn it on with your phone every time. Now being able to not do that is so much better. So I think the fact that like Google Home Assistant and Alexa, like Alexa Mini or whatever are so cheap, everyone can start oh, yeah. creating a smart home now. That's the gateway. Yeah, but CES was like, oh my God, we're looking at 
the future future <laughs> oh, okay so i mean the first thing i thought of which wasn't future future was i saw there's an instapot with google assistant that i'm really excited for as, um, as silly as it sounds it actually makes a lot of sense yeah like i i hear it like steaming in the other room and i know it has to get turned off so it can let all the pressure out and i i'd rather just not get off my couch yeah. and then because you have to wait another 30 minutes after anyways but uh the lg booth was just like it has its cool tvs and everything but they're the rest of their smart home stuff was kind of crazy. They had a lot of smart home demo stuff going on. And I think we did during that little booth tour, we saw mm -hmm. some like really intricate stuff. And I don't know how much of it is going to end up actually shipping or in products yeah. or if this is future vision stuff or as we said, CES is just a cool demo. Yeah. But it was pretty interesting. Yeah. I think it like started kind of basic, which is like that smart oven, which is to me, it was really cool because it had two separate doors so you can control two different temperatures in the oven and then you can still control the the stovetop over Wi-Fi, I think it had. Just like imagine yeah. every time you thought you left the stove on and being able to be like, I know I didn't. It's no. great and I think that's awesome. And the first time that ever has a bug and gets it wrong, that's gonna be a <laughs> massive problem. That, yeah, that I'm could be saying. that could be not great. Yeah. Um, what else did that? We saw the smart refrigerator with its craft ice. Craft um, ice. Yeah. Circular you, ice. Do you remember how long he told us it takes to make the ice? Yeah. When we went through that that demo, he showed us the refrigerator that made the circular ice. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, he said you could make three circles of ice mm -hmm. in eighteen to twenty four hours. Yep. So that means if you're trying to make a dozen ice globes, it's gonna take you about a week something a whole, nutty. A whole work yeah. week if you're having a party where everyone's drinking whiskey and wants their craft ice you better get only the people on you really like are going to get those yeah right. um and then i think like the the craziest thing they had in terms of smart home stuff which i don't see us seeing easily in the next 10 years probably 20 years they had like a smart door imagine like uh for everyone listening imagine almost like frosted glass door that has touchscreen essentially built into it and then has a door handle that can read your no it wasn't fingerprints it was vein id right remember the g8 mm -hmm. with its vein id mm -hmm. um so it could read that you could let people in through that you could do a couple other things but then it also has this like cabinet to the side of it that you can access indoors and you can access outdoors so if a delivery man comes he can scan the package Put it in the door so no one steals it, but it'll also refrigerate it if it needs to be refrigerated. There's a, fridge, a smart fridge built into your door. Yeah. So if you get a refrigerated package, you can have them put it in the refrigerator and never have it lose. I yeah. get blue aprons every week. I, uh -huh. I feel like that would actually be a legit use yeah. of it. It was one of those things where you're <laughs> like, this is so cool, but no part of me wants to be excited because I don't think I'll see this anytime soon. By the yeah. time this comes out, I, won't, I will have forgot about it already. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. yeah. I think... All of this sort of wraps up and ties into my takeaway from CES, which I actually tweeted this earlier this week. Mm -hmm. Before CES, I think I tweeted this, is tech is so great when it works. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it comes down to because there's all these cool demos at CES. And if you go back and look at that smart door, like, all right, let's say someday, you know, Alexa and Google Home and Siri and, you know what, Bixby, they all talk perfectly <laughs> with this smart door and the whole world can get this smart door and it's inexpensive and they install it and every time the delivery guy walks up to your house with the vain idea, it works perfectly and he puts it in the correct place every time and no one ever steals a package. In that world where the tech works, it is awesome. Yeah, That is an awesome place. Mm -hmm. Maybe I want to live in that city. It, well, <laughs> yeah, the, every, going around the LG booth made me remember Austin talking about this Toyota city and yeah. I'm like, 
all of this stuff only seems possible in something like that where like everyone's it's got to be insane yeah smart it's got to be pretty pretty future looking even mm-hmm. in a world where you have a what is it a poop robot little oh man we didn't never delivery we I, never got to find it i think i found the booth it was in as we were on our way back and it was ces is like expanded into the sands and the venetian and everything and you have to go to different ballrooms for meetings and stuff i didn't realize they had a ton of booths at the sands not mm-hmm. just meeting ballrooms uh so right. we didn't get a chance to go over there a lot of discreet stuff out there yeah but yeah we in a dream world like even that works perfectly where you're sitting there realizing you don't have all the toilet paper <laughs> you need and you just say the magic phrase hey bixby mm-hmm. get me some toilet paper <laughs> and it rolls over and knocks on the door and, and brings it in so yeah tech tech is awesome when it works and i think we we start to see like the separation between how good tech can be in our ideal worlds versus how good it is now and mm-hmm. we're just trying to trying to bridge that gap yeah. trying to make things better all over the place and that's that's not to say that the future is impossible i think we can still no. dream and get to this stuff yeah. but it's going to be a long time before i just think yeah the, the stuff you see at ces is just so far out it's it's funny the people working on it might like barely even be able to see it really come to fruition and yeah that's really grim i'm sorry it's also kind of interesting because, and this is a total coincidence, the, the night that we're recording this is the 13th anniversary of the unveiling of the first iPhone. Really? So it wasn't a September thing. I, I just found this on Twitter. It huh. was like right now, Steve wow. Jobs unveils the iPhone to the world. And you think of like the big type of like unveiling, like dramatic yeah, new yeah. product, like the way people must have thought about it back then. Like, oh, this is crazy. This is going to be a long time before this catches on, but yeah. hopefully it, you know, has a good first year. And now the world a decade later has never been the same. Like, yeah. Everyone we're we're literally reading the script off our phones right now because neither yep. of us decided to set up a laptop after getting off the flight. Yeah. So that's crazy. 13 years ago, we world saw like, a different yeah. place, man. Wow. So, so yeah, tech, tech is great when it works. It's kind of embarrassing and funny when it doesn't work. There are demos all over oh, the place. That's usually the work. best part of CES <laughs> is just watching things fail miserably. Yeah, and it's. I want to be optimistic because, like, I I feel bad because obviously people are out here <laughs> setting yeah, up the ideal yeah. demo and oh no, there's Wi-Fi interference. Oh no, this knocking on the refrigerator isn't lighting it up. What's mm-hmm. going to happen? Uh, what's going wrong? But you know, it's still kind of interesting to see the this the, the difference between the things that work really well and the yeah. things that are like really far out in the future mm-hmm. but that's my takeaway from ces yeah do you did you have any products or anything that you uh specifically i well you mentioned it in your video if you haven't got a chance we did a dope tech of ces that catch is all the really like eye-catching stuff uh yeah you got to rematch omron ping pong robot i did uh that was pretty interesting yeah yeah the robot was reading my emotions to try to not get me <laughs> too mad while it improved my backhand and you know what I actually noticed? What's that? While I was playing the robot and I was hitting it back and forth and like just trying to hit the table basically and yeah. see how well it does, it started like, I guess because I was smiling during this uh-huh. and I was hitting a lot of backhands, no matter where I hit it, it would always start to hit it back to my really? backhand side. And it w- I could see it very deliberately hitting it back to my backhand side, no matter what I did. That's amazing. And I was like, this is, it's really honing in on this backhand. Like huh. it's learning fast. And then I put on a frown and it started hitting it back like a normal, That's, normal way. You were so. coercing the the robot to do yeah. different things. Uh, when she first came up to us and said, oh, it's different. I said, oh, we've done a video on it. And she's like, oh, no, but now it reads emotion or it has emotions. Yeah. Or reads emotional emotions. intelligence. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. was like, uh, she's like, oh, yeah, it'll, 
it'll figure out how you feel and then respond to that. I was like, so it trash talks? She's like, no, it helps you. I was like, oh man. <laughs> it should this trash would be talk. way better. If it trash tra- talking robots, CES 2021. I'm I here for that. It. I want to just see it lay the smack down on people who wait in line to play it. And- I, hope that, I hope that robot trash talks next year. They should yeah. bring it. Amran, if you're listening to this, trash talk is Please. the next improvement to your AI. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to wrap up this fun second episode of 2020 with what I actually mentioned in the end of my wrap up of CES, which mm-hmm. are like my three big takeaways. Okay. One, and you can give me reactions to these okay. uh, if you agree. I think number one, 8K is nowhere near mass adoption. I think mm-hmm. that's pretty obvious. Yeah, I think but I also, said that in the, our first episode yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah, but 4K is at least, it's a minimum to be at CES. Yeah. Like you're not showing 720p or no, 1080p No, I don't stuff. think I saw a single 10, or I think the only 1080 thing we heard about was like the 360 hertz right. monitor, which is, okay, you can be Makes 1080 sense. for that. Sure, yeah. Um, and we really saw a lot of different technologies. We saw OLED, we saw QLED, we saw HDR stuff everywhere, and mm-hmm. that was more of what differentiated inside of 4K. Yeah. And that was cool to see. So that was my number one takeaway. Number two was you can put Alexa in anything. Yeah. And they made a big push at CES this year. Amazon was everywhere. Um, they were, let me see, some things that I did see with Alexa in them were a Lamborghini, Yeah, the I, Huracan. I liked that one. It's like, Amazon's so affordable. Put it in your Lamborghini. I actually now, don't yeah. know what you can do with Alexa. Just unlock the doors probably I hope, it, hood. I hope you can set up launch control with it. Oh my God. <laughs> Alexa, drive me to work. I mean, that's, again, you don't know what the future is of that, but they did have an Alexa-enabled yeah. Lamborghini sitting there. Um, they had appliances, of course. They had the TVs. Uh, so, but yeah, just the, like you said, you could put it in a, a, a toaster. You can mm-hmm. put it in a, a smart, uh, what was it? A hot pot? Smart? Uh, what is in- it called? Instant pot. Instant yeah. pot. I, I kept thinking to myself, like, how many things can assistance go in and everything I thought it was kitchen related. That yeah. really seems to be, I think if we're talking about the first rooms that are just going to be completely like Wi-Fi connected and smart is the kitchen. There's too many appliances. There's in a it. future somewhere in like 2029 where you walk into a room and say, Alexa, and like 75 things light Water up. Water like starts your boiling, knives. the oven preheats, yeah, the knife gets sharpened. The knife oh like starts glowing in the, the corner. Like I've everything. never been more excited. Yeah, so that's, you can put Alexa in anything. That's di- that's my takeaway. Mm-hmm. And and last but not least, like, I mean, this is, CES is still fun. Like this, yeah. I the show had its own trajectory. I've, like I said a million times, I've been to CES many years and you sort of see CES becoming this, show where oh car stuff is becoming more important and the smartphone stuff is becoming less important and all the things are ebbing and flowing but at the end of the day there's crazy stuff at ces every mm-hmm. year and where else are you going to play ping pong against a robot and then five minutes later race in a racing simulator yeah. against a, a bunch of people in the cloud uh-huh. and then play counter-strike at 300 hertz like all in the same day yeah like, right it's not... that was that was literally 20 minutes that yeah. we did all of that exactly mm-hmm. so i think ces is fun i'll go back next year if you will just i think I think I'm forced to, but I mean, that's my job. But yeah, not get no, no, sick. I'm definitely down to go <laughs> as long as I don't get sick this year. Perfect. Well, that's the plan. Either way, that's been it. Thanks for listening to uh, this second episode of 2020. If you have any other things you want us to talk about, or if you just have suggestions for the next episode or questions, you already know where to get at us. It's usually Twitter yep. at WVFRM. And uh, that's been it. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Waveform is brought to you by Studio 71, and we actually want to give a special shout out to Mark, who works there. He has been editing our last two episodes while we were out at CES. He's come in super clutch, getting it done on time at crazy hours. So thank you, Mark. We really appreciate it. And our intro-outro music is brought to you by Cameron Barlow.
Thanks to Visible for supporting this episode. Visible offers a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data on Verizon's network for 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. But Visible isn't for everyone. For starters, you manage your plan, chat to customer service, and update your eSIM all in their app, and they don't bundle their plans with extras that cost you extra money. So if you want more than 5G, a hotspot, and unlimited data from your wireless plan, and you're willing to stand in line or sit on hold to pay top dollar, you won't want to go to Visible.com to learn more.